Ladies and gentlemen, I have gathered you all here today to pay respects to our season long and our best ball teams that are already dead after week two. I came here with questions, seeking answers from Eric Byme for, and he was too scared to show up tonight because he knew I was going to talk to him about Kyle Pitts. And um, he blew us completely off because he's not ready to answer the tough questions. But I have brought in Numi from Spike Week, from the Badge Bros, and we are going to get to the bottom of all of this madness after week two. So let's get it. Even the music wants to die. I don't know if that was going through on your end, but even the music wasn't wasn't working so well. But here we are. It's our first time doing a show together, Numi. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, yeah. I know we've been trying to get one for a couple times this past, basically throughout the summer, but um, I you've been grinding with buying four, and I've been doing baseball. So, but yeah, we, we're finally here. You know, worked out. Uh, buying four didn't want to be here, so you know, I'll I'll, I'll be the fill in. You know, that's how it works, but. <laughs> Did you just real quick? Did you get any baseball teams through? Where are we at in that? Uh, uh, uh no. I will probably. Uh, I I died on my nine pitcher uh, builds, which just mm. do not seem optimal um, after going through it. So um, basically, that's the. It's like drafting RBs three three or just the three in a row to start. It's. I mean, I wasn't. I'm. I'm I was just drafting quantity late rather than just going seven or six but yeah so i got none through i do have a sweat on drafters i'm actually second in that little tiny tournament so that's actually my only sweat that i have um and I, i've been slowly inching closer on them so that that cumulative points I, i'm really liking uh for baseball because it got uh, yeah. what won't go on a tangent but the 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 playoff weeks for baseball are just even crazier um because of just how baseball works. So yeah, right. I got none through. So I'm just living vicariously through the people in the Spike Week Discord. Nice. We I drafted three teams all together, made all playoffs with all three of them, and then immediately got bounced out of the playoffs with all three of them. I had one team that, based on scoring, looking at some of the other leagues, would have advanced in pretty much every other grouping other than the one I was in. So that was a little bit sad. Um, yep. Yep, the pods were crazy. There was there was one pod I was in that no one got even over a thousand. Um, and then wow. there was one pod, and it, the, the normal scores around 1,100, 1,200. Right. And uh, then all of a sudden, there was one pod with near like thirteen hundred. So right. it was just literally the luck of the pods. Yeah, yeah. It was, I it think was I crazy. scored like twelve seventy and didn't make it through or something like that. It was crazy. Yep. Yeah, if you basically if you didn't have Aaron Judge and then you didn't have Bo Bichette for these last two weeks, you're dead. <laughs> Did I know if I had them? Absolutely not. Do nope. not know anything about baseball. But here we are. So let's talk a little bit about football and let's talk about week two. What are you mostly concerned about other than we don't really have to talk about Trey Lance? 
Would I love the victory lap Trey Lance? I would, but I'm not going to do it on an injury. I would have rather have done this based on performance, um, to be completely honest. So my Trey Lance bags were light, but not the way I wanted to see this go. If, if we're going to talk about Trey Lance, I saw the reports of like Shanahan was worried that he was too slow hitting the edges. So that's why he was running him up the middle. And it's like, why are we ever doing this with a quarterback? Why are we ever constantly pounding him into the line? It, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, unless you're Lamar Jackson, who just you see basically will just take that one cut through and it's just he's gone untouched. Yeah, he he every he looked very uh, indecisive and tentative on all of his runs. He just was trying to find that. And then basically what happened was just a fluke play. I don't know if you saw it. What like basically he just kind of got rolled up and then like, there was a right. guy behind him and it just yeah, that happened. Um yeah, no, yeah, but it, even even Lamar doesn't run direct snap yeah, no. over on like that. He he's coming out of the gun, he's looking for lanes. Like yeah, yeah he's a little more reckless than other quarterbacks, but he's never designed I don't want to say never, but not to the extent that Trey Lance had been already. I just I don't I don't like the Shanahan's to begin with. Not not a Washington guy, but what they did to RG three that year, like letting him get injured, like yeah. like these guys are not to be trusted with players. Just just not, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. The the it's uh it's it's tough. I know just for everyone, um, especially the people at Spike Week, uh, and a lot of people here. Not not you, but a lot of people here were high on Trey Lance. Um, I was just tying on him in general. I, I, I've, I've said it, like I've been commenting on you guys shows. Like I've seen, I've seen him play live. I grew up 45 minutes from it, from NDSU. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen him play live. I, like I saw him and Carson Wentz all the time. He, I mean, granted it was against FCS schools. So or, yeah. like he, he wasn't getting, like, I know he wasn't playing well, but he, he was dominating. So when I saw him, I, I was just combination of his upside. Plus I had a little in it that I was just, yeah, took, it, it, it was tough. It was it wasn't as tough as last night watching my team just get brutally, brutally murdered on TV again by the Eagles. But I uh, really wish I had time to put my Eagles helmets in the case before this show started, but I did I, not. I may have joined the stream yard and then left right away. <laughs> um, we won't even get into that. No one wants to hear a Vikings rant, but that was just, uh, I, I don't know. I just, I stayed off. I, I don't know. I was just, I, I felt when I, when it, when we, when it's especially a primetime game and the Kirk narrative hits again, it's just like, man, man. Yeah. So it, that was the most morning. That's the thing I'm mourning the most in week two, if you want to be honest. Well, the thing that a lot of us are mourning is related to Matt Bellinger's comment where he says, talk me off the ledge of my 17% Kyle Pitts exposure. Yeah. And this is the one that like all throughout the off season, I was, I wanted more Kyle Pitts. I'm on record as saying like, I didn't get enough Kyle Pitts. It felt like, but I also was on record as saying like, I don't trust bad offenses. And I try not to draft players when I think they're going to be like bottom five offenses and Atlanta's in that case. That's why I wasn't drafting Drake London as much. And I might've actually got that the wrong way. I might've wanted to be drafting Drake London and not Kyle Pitts. It is two weeks though. There is some concern with Arthur Smith saying, you know, this isn't fantasy football. It's like, yeah, no shit. But fantasy football Don't still you... leads to wins sometimes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, those are the just the most insane, insane quotes when I saw that. And then everyone's quote tweeting it like, Don't you want to win? And like, yeah, you're trying to win. Get, yeah. Um, 
The one thing I'll say about Pitts is I when I was looking up his numbers, like he still is getting he's running routes. I was like a 92%. So like and he had that one big play that was the deep play that was in pass interference. So I mean, yes, I get it. Um, but I think it's still just it's too early to just be fully out. Like it's not like he's it's not like he's literally like out there running 60% of routes fully not being targeted at all. Um, mm-hmm. If anything, I think the Drake London thing helps because then that's possibly taking away from everyone focusing on Kyle Pitts. Cause beforehand it was just, we don't know what Drake London has. Um, right. And yeah, to your point um, about that bad offense, I know you were talking about the bears over and over how you just do not want to touch them. And I saw a tweet how just or Justin Fields is like ranked as the 33rd like quarterback basically in like a, one of these like PFF scores. Yeah. And it was like, isn't there 32 teams? So yeah, that was one thing that I, I I'm mourning right now with my Darnell Mooney shares. Like I have too much Darnell Mooney. And if that offense is going to be what that offense is, and I know it's going to be trash. That's, I mean, I think that's what I should be. Like I, I'm way more concerned about that than Kyle Pitts. Well, we got to like, so my whole narrative street thing from the off season is sometimes just listen to what the teams are telling you. Right. The Bears were telling you they did not want to win this year. They are completely tanking. They probably don't believe in Justin Fields, which to me is lunacy, but they're on the inside. We're not. And they're setting it up to completely rebuild, which to their credit, if you are going to rebuild, this is the way you do it. You just strip the team. You start a complete rebuild. What we saw last night, was the way not to rebuild an NFL team, which is what Tennessee's trying to do, where they're trying to middle it and they look like a mess, but like, where do they go from here? Even if you bring Malik Willis in, like, how do you revamp that offense enough? Like, Tennessee's a disaster. Chicago's a disaster, but at least like you can see pathways to how they're trying to, to reconfigure the team going forward. So all that being said, whole point being is, when a team tries to tell you something on the offseason, you need to listen to it. Chicago tried to tell you they were going to be bad. They they told you by their roster moves. They're going to suck. Yeah. And Philly told you that they are going to throw the football, right? They go and they trade for A.J. Brown. They pay him. Everyone's like, well, they ran the ball so much last year. It's like they are literally telling you what they want this offense to be. You need to listen to them based on not what they're saying, just follow follow the roster, follow what they're doing with their team, and you can kind of figure it out. Not always, but there's some clear examples of like two sides of the pendulum, right? One for a team that's going to tank, one that's going to be good. And going forward, it's already kind of like a way that I draft for best ball teams in the offseason, but there's some things I'm going to lean into a little more next year, and I'm going to lean into that even harder. I've been doing it the last two years. Last year was New Orleans. I wasn't touching New Orleans just based on what that team was. I'm still not really touching New Orleans and that's looking like it's going to be a good deal. Um, I'm not here to victory lap all of that. My point being is follow what the teams are telling you they are going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I did that in, I would say I, I did that selectively as, as mm-hmm. I took my stands, not stands, but I, I like the players where they are. I was my highest exposed wide receiver across all contests is Jalen Waddle. My right. high, like my, my highest exposed, my I, or I think Tyreek is up there because like I'm just like, why is this guy going in the second round? So 
I did it with the uh, Dolphins. Tua is my second highest exposed quarterback. So that's my little victory lap after that awesome one week. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, and I did the same thing. I loved AJ Brown, loved Devonta Smith. So yeah, yeah, that's the, that's you definitely people, we need to be doing that because the bears I'm pretty sure also have a hundred million in cap space after this year. So that's another sign of they're just, they're trying to then load up on picks, go in and free agency and their team's going to be brand new. So yeah, I, I say all that, and I still think there's edges for certain teams, and I think you need to look at teams that are coming up on the rise. So I gave Bime for a lot of tra- trash talk about the Giants and the Jets, but Garrett Wilson, to me, was going in a spot that, like, he was – it was undeniable to take him where he was going and like, that – I don't know, was it 11th, 12th round, something like that. So I have, like, 24% Garrett Wilson and – in best ball mania because of that. So you need to be selective on it. Right. Uh, mm. Kyle Pitts, if Kyle Pitts was going in the 11th round, I probably would have had 130% Kyle Pitts. Right. So yeah. price he just price kept getting uh, pushed up too. Like at one point, like it was just people just like, Oh, I'm going to take them here basically in the second round. I'm going to try. Like I saw so many times in my best ball mania drafts that the coming back that two eleven or two twelve would just take pits. And I'm just like, wow. Yeah. But and I mean, again, golfing? I'm not, I'm not totally out on pits and I know I, yeah. I've read, I've read things from way smarter people than I have. Like I, I I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not just going to be totally out on pits. Like what, like he's going to be out there running all of like all of the routes. Like he's, I, I think he, again, I, 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 someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but over 90% route, uh, like a route running. So he's out there. Um, he had a thousand yards last year. We're just hoping that this offense can maybe get going a little bit. And mm-hmm. if Drake London can do that, there's no reason Kyle Pitts can't. Like I know I saw like he had like on Twitter separation issues, all this on that. The dude is a physical freak and we know what we drafted. So I, I just, it's tough. I, you know, I don't like to freak out after two weeks, but it, like if anything, it's, it's different players in pit. I'm, I'm fine. Like I understand it's a terrible, terrible because I'm going a lot of two tight ends with them. And then the other two tight ends I have when looking through my teams have been also putting up like three points or zero points. So mm-hmm. hasn't been great, but yeah, I think we, I think we can just give it a couple more weeks. And if this is the same thing where it's just, he's just, you know, then yeah, then it's just a bad offense and that he's going to have to have his, his spike weeks. And that's not something we want from our second, third round tight end that we're taking. I also think it was just a buzzsaw that they were going to run into in week two. And I know they came back and made the game close towards the end, but the Rams were coming off like that pretty much embarrassing loss after winning the Super Bowl to the Bills. And I'm actually shocked that the Falcons were even able to come back and make that game competitive because mm-hmm. I thought the Rams were going to come out and do exactly what they did to them in the first half, which was just like absolutely bury them. And you know, kudos to the Falcons for even making it a game towards the end. But I think that I think that can be I don't want to say an outlier because I don't think Atlanta is going to come out and score 30 points every week. But I just think they were in a real bad spot. Um, yeah, too. I know. And I, I'm pretty sure Ramsey. I mean, they weren't matching. They weren't in split, but Ramsey was on them a little bit like on pitch. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when you have. Our, whatever you want to call them, top three, I call them the best corner in the league, like. He's he's probably gonna shut down for the most of the time, Pitts. So again, let's just we gotta take in all the factors. I yeah, I'm not I'm not just throwing up like the panic flag just yet on Pitts. And and I think he will be fine. The yeah. position just still seems like just the 
awful, awful position overall. Yeah. Like who's who's really stood out this year I, so far? I think OJ Howard or something like that was a top ten is the tight end ten right now. Yeah. And yeah, which is he, silly. I think he had he has three targets. Yeah. Yeah. On the season. So like, it's just a terrible, yeah, like you said, it's a terrible position, terrible position. And it's just, unless you're Andrews or Kelsey, like those guys, and like Waller is a, is a tier below them. Like you're just, yeah, we're hoping that Pitts can be them. <laughs> and then I guess that's what people are, are upset about is when he's not putting up those numbers over and over again. It's kind of like the CMC thing when he had a decent game, but he wasn't giving you the 2530. So it's like, what's wrong with CMC? You know? <laughs> so here's where I can take an L. I can take a big L on Baker Mayfield. I came around to Baker Mayfield at the end of best ball mania drafts because I was getting him in the 18th round. And I was like, 18th round Baker Mayfield, definitely the starter in Carolina. I don't think they're going to be a great offense, but I thought they were going to be uh mediocre offense with some viability to them. And like which is kind of what they are, but just a little lower than I thought. But what I have seen over the course of two weeks is Baker lowers the floor of the players around him. We <laughs> thought that was the case in Cleveland. We weren't a hundred percent sure. It's what, you know, Odell was complaining about Jarvis Landry a little bit. He literally lowers the floor of his players. So CMC's floor has been lowered because of Baker Mayfield. DJ Moore has been lowered because of Baker Mayfield. Robbie Anderson's caught like two long ones over the course of two weeks, but that's probably not sustainable. So I'm a little concerned. Not that I have a ton of Baker Mayfield or Carolina, but that is a situation that um, I'm really not, <laughs> not going to be interested in going forward, especially after I played so much Baker Mayfield on DraftKings this past weekend, which oh. as I was doing it was a gig I knew it was a gigantic mistake, but the price felt so good and the matchup was right. And then you watch the game. And once I watched that game, I was just like, okay, so now I know that I never to have to do it. this again. Well, <laughs> you, yeah, when you check, have you guys yeah. checking in, checking in here and there on red zone and you're watching what they're doing with the ball. And it's like, why are you not throwing it to CMC? Um, you know, the, the only quarterback that I think has left more of an impression over the course of the first two games right now is Russell Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that offense is terrible. Like when I, I, I terrible, did you watch that game? Did you see, I had that game up the entire time. Mm -hmm. I have never seen more delay of game penalties ever, ever. They had like five delay of game penalties. How does that happen? Like, is it, is, is, a, I don't know. I, I'm out of words. Like that game was just, I went at, when like the third one happened, I was like, okay, what are we doing here? And then the fourth one happened. I'm like, is, am I on delay? And I like tried to go live and it said I was live. And I'm like, no, that we're just doing this again right now. We really are <laughs> like, man. And then he, the one touchdown was the sober. Yeah. That that's an offense. That's just kind of like, I hope it picks up and gets humming, but Nathaniel Hackett looks to be a buffoon. <laughs> I, I don't think Nathaniel Hackett, should be qualified to be in any type of profession except a pilgrim. Like that is a pilgrim name. If I've ever heard it, like Nathaniel Hackett came over on the Mayflower. You are not qualified to coach an NFL football team clearly with the name Nathaniel Hackett. The thing that drove me the craziest because I'm like such a big Javante guy and he looks phenomenal this year. Every time he touches the ball, he's mm -hmm. grabbing nine, 10 yards or whatever minimum. It feels like 
he's doing jumping jacks in the end zone, break dancing, backflips, wide open. Russell's staring right in his direction and doesn't even throw him the ball. I don't think he can see him. It was probably a lineman in front of him. It must, it must have been because, dude, <laughs> everyone else saw him, and I was losing my mind at my house. Um, I had, I was in thirty third in the seventy five single entry or something like that is what I finished because I had Lamar Waddle bring backs and stuff like that, and I have Javante Williams on the team, and I'm just sitting there like ready to to jump out the window because Russell Wilson is the, he sucks. He looks awful. And Russ cooking is not the cooking that we wanted to see, clearly. Have you seen that video of him screaming about runner pass? Oh, like runner pass? Like if you if you no. don't, I will share it with you. It's mm. you might turn it off halfway through. It's the most cringe thing ever. I maybe people have the wrong thing, but like it it's to the point where it's like I think everyone knows the persona that he puts on and he's mm-hmm. I it just he's fake. And then when he's he's just screaming, runner pass, runner pass. He's screaming at his team. You gotta let him know. It's like, what is going on right now? And it's just, it's just hilarious. Um, what, before it gets off my head, I'm staring at this as he is my third highest exposed wideout in Best Ball Mania. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on him way before, just like you. Um, how do we feel about Marquis Valdez Scantling right now? I'm fine with and him. You're okay because, I, and I know it's the Chiefs, but it's just. Mm-hmm. It just seems like he, when he's out there, he just when the ball's thrown his way, he just instantly flails and just tries to get a call. And that's all he's been doing. I'm like, dude, why are we not sending this guy on? Like, we're sending I, he. I haven't seen one deep ball targeted to him, and I'm just like, what? What are we doing right now? I think um, they're they're still trying to figure the offense out a bit. We knew that they were going to be spreading it out. MVS was always a. I never want him as like my first best ball wide receiver. I always wanted yeah. him as my fourth or fifth. Yeah. Because exactly. I, yep. So like the thesis of MVS for me was, I know he's not going to score every week. You know, obviously you'd like for him to be there the one, weeks one or two, but the further they get along in this season, you see that he's running more routes than I think anyone on the team, including Juju or it's real close with Juju. I was looking at those numbers on Sunday or whenever I was looking at him over the week. But he's real close with him. So he's on the field a ton. He's running a ton of routes. He's going to get his. Like, it's just that offense is going to be spread out. There's going to be Kelsey weeks. There's going to be Juju weeks. There's going to be MVS weeks. McCall Hardman's going to slip in there for one or two weeks. And he's still going to be viable along the way. The The thesis of MVS is just you were getting him at such a late price. I mean, 10th, 11th round to start BBM was where I was getting him a ton of, and I was still riding him up to like the eighth or ninth round when he was going there, whatever, whatever that was. Um, Sometimes I think he was even still going 10th towards the end. Like you were getting him at a, at the right price the whole time. So I'm not, I'm not panicking. If I had been drafting him as a number one, like rounds three, four, where Juju's going fifth round, then yeah, you're a little bit concerned, but I knew what I was getting into with MVS. So not concerned with him at all, to be honest. He's, I mean, everyone knows he's my number one most drafted wide receiver, I think actually player altogether in, in best ball. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't worry about him too much. Um, just based on, sorry, let me resize this a little bit. Yeah. I have him 51% in best ball mania, but if we're going to do some victory laps, 
let's let's victory lap Christian Kirk in the oh, yeah. yeah in the seventh or eighth round. Again, offenses are trying to tell you what they want to do, right? Jacksonville told you that they were trying to make this passing game more viable. Um, Christian Kirk got paid a lot of money, mostly so that he would sign with Jacksonville, right? You got to overpay yep. if you're Jacksonville because no one wants to go play there. <laughs> so they paid him a lot of money to make him a number one, and he looks – I think he looks great through two weeks oh, in yeah. Jacksonville. He's getting a gigantic target share. We um, we love to see it with, with Christian Kirk. Yeah, I love that. Uh, if I'm looking here, I'm going to have to like – but he's in my like top ten for wide receivers. I loved Kirk. He was – and mainly because Trevor Lawrence is my highest exposed quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just thought – I just thought the step for him – was was going to be greater than anyone because I just think people were really baking in what Urban Meyer did to him, mm-hmm. and it's just like I feel like once he just he's slowly like it's this each game he's just unshackling himself from the past of Urban Meyer, and it's just I mean that that is a that was a terrible situation. So I threw that entire season out, and I'm hoping now yeah, I'm hoping that gets rewarded. Um, the one thing that <laughs> until he gets hurt. The one thing that the most thing that I'm victory lapping right now is mm-hmm. my highest exposed running back at an average ADP of 190 is Raheem Mostert. Yeah. And I was just, I'm like, he's coming from San. My, my thesis was he's coming from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Is Chase Edmonds really that good? And I don't know if you saw that Hayden Winks tweet, but he was literally the most, the least efficient running back in week one, Chase Edmonds. Like yeah. he was just awful. And like, I, I didn't think that coming in, but it was just like, is people are just expecting it to be the, the chase Edmonds show. And it's like these two, the archetypes of these running backs do not scream workhorse back at all. Right. So the, so the discrepancy in prices, I'm like, you know, and, and that the, I was expecting maybe most to slowly work in, but for right away. And then basically I, I, he saw the first, um, he saw like the first, the entire like snap, like the first series, it was all most he started the game, um, he's way up there. And if, if I find his like, uh, like targets and his rushing, it was all Mostert. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was, I was also on Mostert early in the year for everything you just said, yep. literally the same exact reason you said he's coming in. He knows the system. We know what kind of player, um, Chase Edmonds is. I like Chase Edmonds. I was yep. rostering him in DFS this week just because I thought they were going to have to play from behind, which half right they just weren't giving it to him at all <laughs> they were yeah they were just airing it out with Tua <laughs> they right. were, so but so, yeah no the thesis of the I mean it was right everything was right you would think they'd be dumping it down to him but yeah but Mostert came in and he got a majority of the work on Sunday and again comfortable with the system the coach is comfortable with him it just made a ton of sense you were getting um 17th 18th round a lot of the time you know, even 16th round Raheem Mostert, like in that, that's a wasteland. Yeah. A guy that's going to get you some production there, uh, especially depending depending on the type of draft that you were doing, if you were doing a zero RB build. He was perfect for zero RB builds because he could come out and potentially just get you something right away. All right, so now that we've kind of talked about what happened week two, kind of recapping week one, what have you taken away for next year like are you overreacting to anything for the way that you draft next year have you decided like oh this is what i need to look at as i move forward drafting nfl best ball teams 
right? Um, it could even correlate to some of your other sports as well. I was in on the wide receivers. So I, mm-hmm. I don't, I I'm, I'm going to check this out. I'm going to go by ADP. I have mm-hmm. 0% Austin Eckler, 0% Devo- or Derek Henry and mm-hmm. 0% Najee Harris. I, I didn't want any of them. I, right. It was all Stefan Diggs for me. Uh, Stefan Diggs at 15% there. My biggest regret is starting to work in CD Lamb and get cute with him. Although I'm not, the target share he's demanding is is ginormous right now. And I still think when Dak comes back, he's, he should he will be fine. Maybe won't be that the guy that I was drafting him at. Um, but yeah, I was taking all Cooper Cup. Um, you know, I was Team Jefferson all the way. My feelings are hurt. Uh, you know, I was Team Jefferson all the way. Um, he is my highest exposed player in all of best ball. He is my highest exposed player in all of, um, or second, actually second highest exposed player to Waddle, um, in all of things. Cause in the best, in the big board, I went all on Waddle, but yeah, mm. um, I just went all the wide receivers. Like it's just, it was just yellow over and over again. Um, coming back. I loved Tyreek. I loved Kelsey. I love Brown. So mm-hmm. for me, it's just do not draft these running backs that I, I took, for my bias, I took more cook. Like if I was drafting any running back, it was all cook. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was just it, that, that was, that was the only running back I would click there. And it would mainly be when he fell to like the 10 or 11. So my takeaway is after two games, I like my process um, again, just two games. So I'm really, I, I don't like to overreact. Um, I don't like to underreact like totally to news and just, you know, it, right. it's, it's all noise, but I don't like to fully overreact to like to it. Um, except I'm really sad that Justin Jefferson basically got blanketed. Um, so that's that's the only thing. Um, um, so I'm so just to be transparent, I'm sharing my my drafting for the top ADP players, and I think you're 100 percent right on this. I it was a strategy that I was implementing a bit, as you can see, not to the extent that you might have been. I'm still got like four percent Cook, five percent Derrick Henry, one percent Eckler, and as I look at it now that I'm finished. It's why, why do I have 4% Dalvin cook? Why do I have 5% Derrick Henry? If I love Stefan Diggs like I did clearly 17% or I like Devonte Adams, why wouldn't I want to take that nine, 10% right there and just funnel it into Diggs, Adams and Travis Kelsey or something like that. Now I still like Joe Mixon a little bit just based on the offense that he was in and his role in that offense particularly so i probably yeah. wouldn't have faded him hard completely but six percent Najee, like eh, why i think that was all early too to be completely fair but yeah i think that's a great a great thing to bring up is if you are if you are drafting and you have you have a, a way you want to go say you like the wide receivers better than the running back and I don't know if that's going to be the case next year. If this if this season continues the way it is, people I mean, might it might not even be the case direct end of the year. You know what I mean? These running backs again, we're only two games in, so they can. I mean, I they they could just hit. You know what I mean? Like they just for me, it's like Cook hasn't got going. For a Titans fan, Henry hasn't got going. Um, for a Steelers fan, why did you draft Najee Harris in the first round? Um, for a Chargers fan. Eckler hasn't really got going, although he's getting, you know, he's, he's getting there. He's probably most, but it's just like those guys could get going. So it's, it's not like I, that's my, my victory lap. So again, I'm not trying to overreact to it, but at the moment I'm feeling good with how my portfolio is. 
minus Trey Lance. <laughs> yeah. So, so I want to touch on this question because Pius Devil says because if Diggs got injured week one, all of your drafts would be dead. One, that's not true. How many CMC teams got dragged to the to the final? I mean, I saw them in the finals, but got dragged to the playoffs. Your teams aren't dead just because your first rounders out. It sucks yep. hard, but it doesn't mean your team's completely dead. And we're playing to win, right? So if your strategy is based on I want Diggs, Adams, Kelsey at an at a higher rate than everybody else, you're gonna have more diff- more combinations of digs with other players. You're gonna have more combinations with Adams with other players. And yeah, if anyone gets injured in week one, those teams are practically, you know, on life support already. Yeah, it just exactly. it is what it is. It could be any player that you're bringing up. That's more likely to happen with a running back than a wide receiver, too just based on historical data. So I personally, I try to take more stance every year. Like we saw my MVS stand and everything. I might want to do it more in the first round. Like you bring up. I don't think that you, you can't sit there and worry about injuries. They're going to happen. Yeah, no, exactly. And you can't, and to, 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 if anyone saw that minus Trey Lance, I obviously, the process of my, I'm still fine with the process. Like I'm not going back and going, I shouldn't have drafted him. He got injured. Like I, I totally get that. Um, It's just, yeah. Like you said, if anyone gets injured, they're immediately gone. And um, like, yeah, I, I, my, my stand, you know, me, I was always chirping you in there. I'm like, it's, I you should be Jefferson, Jefferson, Jefferson. And you were like, I'm going to do Trey either. I mean, I still have um, with my 20, uh, 24% Jefferson and I didn't max. So I, I'm not a, I I don't have the bankroll to do it. So of mine, Mm. I think it was like 65 drafts. You know what I mean? It's, quite a bit um i still have 50 percent chase so i just hammered and it was it was literally the exact same thing you did if jefferson was gone and chase was there it's a chase that's my chase team but if if jefferson's there like i i got a little bold and i was like you know i'll do jefferson at the the 101 but i still have my cooper cup so you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like um yeah i i just like i i basically just took my 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 stance early on was i i i took kind of your approach when you said with the teams Dontro Hilliard, they loved him. They loved what Dontro Hilliard did. They wanted to keep working him in. And they they got Hassan Haskins. They're basically telling you they know Derrick Henry may not last the entire season and he may not get the work. Like they're like them. They're, they're what are they telling you in the offseason? That's kind of what I saw from Derrick Henry. Like the only thing what I saw from Najee is he's not going to get the dump downs and he's not just going to get every single pass to him from Ben Roethlisberger. And right. he was he just doesn't make big plays. I was wasn't really excited about Najee. I don't understand. Austin Eckler just kept going into that like top five almost. And yeah. I'm just like, okay, do that. So that's just, I took my stand. Um, I didn't want the running backs. I just went high on wide receivers basically because we know what they can produce. And after seeing these weeks, it's like the the league is just becoming, it's a copycat league and every, every league, every, every uh, major four sports, it's copycat. So what are they going to do when people just keep passing? You can't use the running backs when you're down 24 to three you're going to have to pass. And if that running back can't catch, he's even more or less valuable. Like he's not going to be on the field. So that's just kind of how I took my approach when I was drafting. And it was just, yeah, I loved zero RB. I know everyone did, but I took it to an extreme in my small portfolio. Well, I like, I like the zero. I mean, the uh, hero RB approach, but with my running back coming in the second round, I loved Saquon. Yep. It was Saquon and yeah. Saquon, Javante. Like if you could get one of those as your, as your hero, with getting one of the top wide receivers. And so just to bring, just to go back to that point, 
I think the stand that I should have been taking, I was already off Taylor a little bit just because I didn't like drafting him at the one-on-one. But, and this is, this could be 2020 hindsight vision here, but I did love all the, all the wide receivers. I did love Chase. I did love Jefferson. I did love Cup. And maybe I would, I would never say that I should have completely faded McCaffrey, but maybe I should have shaved some of those McCaffrey teams down and grab some Chase or Jefferson or Cup from the from the one on one or the one hundred two, rather than always going CMC in those two spots. I mean, I did grab Chase here and there in the one on one to get some unique Chase builds, yeah. but but I think I should have probably been doing that at a little bit higher of a clip. And Anthony brings up a great point. He says it sounds like Numi was only drafting from the one to six spot if his Jefferson and Chase ownership is that high. That did kind of stand out to me a little bit when you're like. Even I mean, sixty-five is still a good clip of teams, and you're getting that much exposure to these players. It's uh, sounds like I, you ran pretty well. I I only got um, like the awesome chase past picks. I, I got him in pick six twice. I never got mm-hmm. the awesome screenshots. Look at Jamar Chase at seven. It's like yeah. always in my drafts. So I'm sitting there at seven. It's just the perfect order going. I'm just like, okay, yep. <laughs> mm-hmm, I'm in a whatever room. So, but. I, I, yeah, I guess I did kind of – I didn't get any really middle picks except, like, I guess if I would, like, go and look at my picks, I felt like I was either 10, 11, yeah, or 1 or 2. And I had to – like, I will say um, in, in the puppies that I did, I have a lot of – so I was looking at it wrong. I am v- probably too low on Cooper Cup um, mm-hmm. because of – I, I wasn't getting the picks past Cooper Cup. So I re- I reached on Jefferson a little bit. Um, Cooper Cup is actually at 4% in Best Ball Mania. So rip me. But, you know, it's whatever. Uh, I'm just going to live with it. Um, no, I think it's fine, though. Like, I, I think taking the Jefferson stand is fine. Like, yeah. Because to it, me, they're, they're all the same. Like, they're, it's like 1A, 1B, 1C, like, for the most part. So if your decision is I want Jefferson to be the guy that I get, the most builds with, then that's fine. I did chase just because he was number three on the list. Easier to do. I could get more chase I mean, teams. Paired with a better quarterback. I have the worst quarterback of the I mean, my whole thesis was MVP Kirk, and we'll see. We see how that's going. I'm taking the L. Anyone can laugh at me. I don't care. <laughs> I've said it on streams over and over again. I know that's my biggest my biggest overreaction is my home team because I just of what what I expected from them. Um I yeah, I saw that. Um So Justin's asking, he goes, I know it doesn't matter now, but when does DraftKings update best ball scores? I mean, it matters because we want to look at our teams. We want to see what we're doing. I know there's the FBI joke of people calling, but we like to check in on our teams and see. I've noticed that if you check Wednesday morning, generally, they'll have everything updated by then on DraftKings, which kind of sucks because you want you almost want to see your stuff in real time. Like I want to be able to go to look at my DraftKings teams and see how they're doing. But DraftKings is going to be DraftKings. We begged them to fix the product over the last two years and they have done nothing they, to they improve. They care it. about sports betting. That's right. what they care about. Like, that's what right. makes them money. So I get it. Like, yeah, they, they don't care about their DFS product. They don't care about like, best ball. They're yeah. We saw what, what they're, what, I didn't, I don't play DraftKings best ball. Um, Mm-hmm. I just I, I actually enjoy drafters more. Wasn't their playoff contest just literally copy and paste of their normal contest or something like that? I like, don't. Right. I thought I, I thought someone basically I thought there was just the thing was just a uh, um I, th- I like I thought it was just basically they copy and pasted it so like everything was all like screwed up or something like that. I was just like ah, but I, I think they, people are gonna they fixed shame it a bit. me. 
I play they, I play FanDuel, so for my DFS. So well, there's nothing to be shameful about in fan, for FanDuel. If I MME, I only MME on FanDuel. To be honest, I prefer to MME on FanDuel, and I prefer single entry on DraftKings. So okay. usually, what I do personally is I play one or two lineups on DraftKings, either like a hundred dollar spy or two hundred dollar spy. And then I back that up in the millionaire maker because if I ever put together the highest scoring team and didn't have it in the millie, Does I, it, I think vomit. everyone does that because I yeah. do that. I put the yeah, yep, yeah, yep. yeah. I, would I had vomit. the nut lineup and I had and I didn't put it in there. Yeah, yeah. That's why like these people that tell you to play like these one dollar entries and max them. Yeah, that's great and good and it's the right thing to do. But if I ever scooped on the on the main team and won five grand instead of one million. I would be vomiting. So maybe it's just because I'm a degenerate. But then on FanDuel, if I want to, depending on the week, I'll do 50 in their Millie Maker. I'll do 100. I'll do 150 if I really want to, like if I'm really feeling froggy. Because it's okay. a $5 entry, right? And it's yeah, it's yeah. not you're not spending thousands and thousands. Yep. But I've been leaning more towards single-entry stuff this year. The MME stuff has really started to like – the process is starting to to wear on me a little bit where I have to go into a random an optimizer and like start messing with all those and then making sure it's all good at 1030. And I have been producing some roto grinder shows on Sunday mornings, not this past week, but I did the first week and you're dead. I can't, I can't do my lineups at 1030 cause I'm, cause I'm doing stuff here and uh, yeah, news yeah. breaks and you're like, they're yeah. like, yo, what's going on with the production? And you're just like, oh, yeah. my bad. I'm just trying to get my, my, <laughs> yeah. my, my, all my lineups figured out. Right. I, I do specifically single entry in three max. Um, yeah. That's just how my brain works. I like mm-hmm. small field. I will do like a, like you said, I'll toss mine in there. My first like three months, I did literally multi-entry, you know, all this, all that. Then I learned how to play DFS. So um, I was like, okay, this just makes more sense. I, I like how the small entry um single like small or small field single entries it just it fits fits me way more and there's a I, I like the content out towards it it's just i feel like so many people see the content and specifically they're like oh i'm gonna mass entry this so i don't know i like the edges you can get in there and i think fan is a little softer so eric got on a eric what so eric said he was in a 13 person best ball draft on DraftKings. please explain to me if that went through or if they actually tossed that out because that is bananas um Wow. Yeah. Uh, so that is, I just don't even know how that can happen. Yeah. I want to hear, I want to get the, the backstory on that. That's hilarious. So any good DFS sweats over the first two weeks for you since we're on DFS? Um, yeah, actually yes. To, or so I had a Lamar. Well, it was pretty much dead cause I didn't have the two and it was way, it was like 3000 or 2000 cheaper on FanDuel, but I had Lamar, uh, Andrews and, and Hill. Mm-hmm. And then, um, my, it just didn't cash. I didn't have the the right. P- I didn't have Chubb, and I ran Mixon, and Mixon didn't do it. So that ate up all mine. Um, so yeah, that didn't go well. I've I've actually been. I don't know if you saw. We've been doing so much of that the like the BRs, and that's yeah. where I've been putting most of my like money. Um, I've loving the BRs on underdog. Um, like you saw me doing them for baseball, uh, right. even PGA. Like they're just they're. Like so many people now are saying, which is now I feel like people see it, there's no good content towards it. And now there's content going co- towards it. So it's just like slowly people will understand. But yeah, that's been my favorite thing. And um, the first week I ha- I got Jamar Chase's non-review cost me 5K. 
Um, Cost so, me a lot of money too. Yeah. Um, when that happened, I really didn't think anything of it, even though I was just like, yeah, this is, they, why aren't you reviewing it? I mean, even when it happened, I didn't think of it. Well, then all of a sudden I'm sweating the uh, four o'clock games and Justin Jefferson team starts coming up and I have Jamar Chase and I'm sweating Justin Jefferson <laughs> just creeping up. And all of a sudden he gets up there and I'm just like, I count the points. I'm like, yeah, I would have won by two points and got 5k instead I got 750. So yeah. You know, the life of variance and I guess not wanting to review a touchdown that was a touchdown, Zach Taylor. Another person who just seems I know he went to the Super Bowl, but yeah, that was seems lost. That was that was pure run good last year. I mean, they're a good team, but they are not. They weren't Ah man, dude. They 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 up they put so much maybe not so much, but they upgraded that offensive line for it to mm-hmm. possibly be worse. <laughs> it's just like what are we doing? Yeah. They watching Chase and Higgins play, they just it looks like it's, and I and I'm, I'm I'm piggybacking off of I heard smart people say this, but I I thought it as soon as I saw it, I'm like it looks like they just run and it's just like okay they're out there somewhere like eff it they're down there somewhere and they just throw it, and they just they, you know what I mean it's just been just them two mixing can't get anything going so yeah that team looks in shambles right now. Yeah, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna turn it around this week. I was kind of I started the thing about doing the show on Tuesdays. I start to look at things real quickly yep. on Tuesday. So I don't remember who the Bengals play. Off they play hand. the Jets. And if they yeah, do not yeah. turn it around, then we that's a panic button that I think we should all press. <laughs> right. So if, I think I think they're gonna handle the Jets this week. I think I think this is going to be their statement game of the year to come out and I think you're gonna get the mix and hammer. You're gonna get like a nice chase or T Higgins touchdown or two, but they're gonna come out, they're gonna win by probably two scores, maybe three and try to like put them back into where one of the better teams in the league conversations i first week got lost money on that chase not getting overturned and the other one that killed me was michael carter not catching the freaking touchdown when he was wide open and just dropped it we were we were doing things in the double spy that week and those 12 points would have been uh well more than 12 would have been (laughs) massive Still cashed, but we would have been up towards the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, it's always fun if you were to if you pull out that uh, that that win on the first week. It's like, oh, it's only up from here, baby. When in reality, it's only down from there. But you're just you're riding high. You're like, yeah, I love it. Like, I always do good on the first week. I always do well week one. Yep. Week two, I always get hammered. Every year, I think I'm smarter than I am. Week two, um, I lean into something that I see at the beginning of the week. And I don't fix my process. And yep. it's like I almost need to take that hammer so that the rest of the year I fix everything that I do wrong. So I was on ba- so for example, on DraftKings, I was on Baker Mayfield at the beginning of the week last week, and I never came off of it, even when I was like, this Baltimore Miami game's the way to go. And the problem for my MME on FanDuel was oh God. I how much you do not have Baker. How much Baker did you have? Not on FanDuel. I didn't play him on okay. because of the price. I was like, oh no, that's what I was, was wondering when I, I was like, no, no, but what I did for my quarterbacks is I usually like to play five and I'll and I'll mix the percentage of those. Yep. My sixth guy, when I was staring down my five that I deleted, was Tua. So I'm sitting there with Tua and 
I forget who he was the same price as. It might have been Derek Carr or something like that. I think it was Carr if I'm looking at it because I, I liked projection models like Carr. Carr was in the better game. Vegas liked Carr in terms of like the total. So, yeah. We And week good. seven, I look at it. I'm like, everyone's on Carr. I like this Miami game better. Tua makes more sense. But week two, Brain Rob was like, Carr's projecting better. They're the same price. Just get more exposure to Carr teams was kind of the way I looked at it, and it bit me. And I knew it as I was doing it, too. It's like one of those things that as you do it, you're like, this is going to come back and bite me in the ass, and it did. Because I loved Waddle. I liked Tyreek. We knew that they had every cornerback out hurt, for the most part, on the team. Like, and this is what we're trying to – we're bringing it back to the beginning. What are teams telling you? Yep. The Ravens were telling you they weren't going to be able to cover anybody on Sunday, right? Because they have no corners, they're and they're playing against, safety, <laughs> right? They're playing against Tyreek and Waddle, two of the best wide receivers in the league. It was obvious, and yet it wasn't to everybody. And the people that it was obvious to, kudos to them because they made all the money. Yeah, yeah, that's what took down the uh, um, that BR two for fifty k was a two a double stack with yeah. Andrews bring back or. Maybe it wasn't Andrews. I think it was Andrews, but yeah. But it probably could have been Bateman too, and you're and you were fine. So, yeah, no, I think it was just because they, they literally they put up thirty each. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure to or um, Tyreek and um, Waddle, they just yep. went off. So, yeah. so let's talk a little bit about the battle royal thing, and I want to ask you what your strategy is specifically for the onesie positions. Are you making them more of a premium? Like, is quarterback and tight end more of a premium in these to you, or? Are those positions that you feel like, unless I get player X, I'm just punting to my last pick? So I'm going to use the cop out answer, and I'll be like, it's 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 slate specific, very slate specific. Mm-hmm. Um, with this slate, you you immediately go and you look, and you have the big boys up tight end. You have Kelsey, Andrews, Waller, um, and how ADP shake up? It's Kelsey seven, Andrews uh, th- fourteen, and Waller at twenty four. Mm-hmm. Then you still also have Goddard, who I like. You have forgotten man Kyle Pitts, who I will just say anyone doing these contests does not get drafted unless it's me taking him. I know that's just – I only see my draft, so I bet other people are drafting him, but ADP reflects that he is not being drafted that much. Um, mm-hmm. But when, when it comes down to this, so it, it really matters basically. So the one thing that we're starting to realize is ADP makes it – so these – unlike DFS where you'll see a guy that's maybe – 30% owned. You're like, that's high in that contest. Mm-hmm. If a guy has an ADP over 25, he's most, and it stays like that. He doesn't go down, especially in the twenties. He's drafted a hundred percent of the time in the contest. Like oh, there's no, if, ands or like, well, maybe we'll say, yeah, 20 is a good cutoff. Um, if, if, if they're in the twenties and hovering that they're drafted a hundred percent of the time in the contest. Yep. So we can easily leverage what's going on in there by simply You'll read Eric's article. He does a great job on uh, Eric uh, on, on Spike Week. I'm, I'm talking about him like you guys don't know him. Um, does the strategy article. So does Silas. Um, they'll talk about it. How just scroll down to that ADP. Even the like un ADP guys like Robbie Anderson, no ADP. Robert Woods, no ADP. Uh, Tyler Boyd. Like there's just those are people that just simply do not. They haven't been drafted one time. Mm-hmm. And it's just that's the first thing that I think people should immediately 
like consider that is just to get weird like that. And then when you're getting with the quarterback position and the tight end, you have Josh Allen, Mahomes, Lamar, Jalen Hurts. There's only six teams in these drafts. You can only draft one quarterback. So there'll only right. be six quarterbacks in that draft. So you have Allen, Mahomes, Lamar, Hurts, Herbert, and Murray. That's one, two, three, four, five. That's those six alone. And if Herbert plays, and then you have Burrow and Tua, like you're going to get a top quarterback. So it's really like you're you're telling your story. Will Josh Allen break the slate again? You know what I mean? Will Is Josh Allen's first round ADP at four worth it? Or you, can you get Jalen Hurts in at 17? And it's like who, whatever running quarterback breaks that slate you're going to need. And it's just kind of how you want to like, if you're drafting Allen and you're getting high exposure to him, you're telling yourself that game's going nuts and Josh Allen's going to get there. But on this slate, I see so many quarterbacks and a good amount of tight ends that it's like, I, I'm not specifically going out of my way to attack them. And like, then you look at the wide receiver and it's like, yeah, you don't, I don't, I don't even have to tell you the wide receivers up there. I mean, we got cup Jefferson Diggs, chase, haven't even talked about the other guys all the running backs are there so mm -hmm. i th i think it's just in this contest specifically you probably hear it in i mean in best ball in dfs really 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 do not be afraid to get different because you just getting one player different even just two is so much leverage because all of these like top players are getting drafted over and over again so yeah the cop out answer is it's split it's state um slate specific and I think on this slate, I don't need to put a premium into the quarterback, <clears throat> especially when I see Hertz and Lamar, like 12 picks after Allen. Like, can those two outscore him? Yes. So I might have more exposure to them. Kind of how you play best ball. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> I had more Raheem Mostart or Mostert and mm. less Edmonds because I thought that role. So that's kind of how you can play it or stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it sounds like this Long would be tangent. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like this would be like a good slate. Like if you do take Josh Allen in the first round, that you might want to pair him with Dawson Knox because he's not getting drafted, it sounds like. That is – yep, exactly. So he is like, the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth tight end. So, so you, you can take two. Normally people don't. So Right, right. Yeah, that's a so, great way to get different people. Immediate. Gabe Davis doesn't really have an ADP right now because people don't know if he's playing. Right. Another so, fun way to get different. It, yeah, yeah. It, it comes up right in the chat, right? Right when you say that. Yeah. Um, well, I, the reason I asked that is because that, to me, to switch back to best ball, not to switch between all these different formats back <laughs> yep. and forth. But one of the things that I that I picked up on after last year that I was real cognizant of and drafting teams this year is the elite quarterbacks are different than five years ago. Yep. The, the elite quarterbacks are putting up points that quite frankly, just weren't being done, or if they were being put up, it was by one guy, like every three or four weeks or something like that. Like go back to 2000, I don't know, 10, maybe Michael Vick was the only one that could do it where he could put up a 40 point game. And it's not like he was doing that every single week, but now you have five or six guys that can do it on a consistent basis. Maybe, yep. maybe more than that. And it makes them more of a premium. And, I think for best ball, you need one of those guys. So the reason I asked that question is because of that. But to your point, when you're only drafting six teams and you can only draft one quarterback, one of those guys is typically yep. going to be there. Last week was a was a different slate where Lamar was like the guy and no one yes. else was available. So yep. that slate would probably be a little bit different than 
you know, this week where as you laid out, everyone's there. Yeah, when it's uh is it Brown Steelers or what's Thursday night? When you have whatever Steelers on Thursday night. Yeah. So that Brown takes Steelers. away that. So you don't have to deal with that on the main slate. Right. Um off the top of my head, I don't know the Monday night game. So don't know if that matters, but you have all the studs. And it's like I'm not and I'll use my uh, Jay Warner, who I do stuff over with at, at Badge Bros. He'll use if you're building a large portfolio, and I think everyone knows this. Like you need, you'll want to, you don't want to have zero exposure to Josh Allen. Like, mm-hmm. but at this price currently, I will have a little bit less just because of what I think hurts. I, it's mainly hurts. I like the hurts environment more. Yeah. Although it could just be a throttle, but we saw what happened when they throttled the Vikings last night. It was all hurts. So, like it, it. it yeah, it, it makes it really difficult because immediately when you see Josh Allen there, like it's like, yeah, I want, I want him. And I've been, I, I have taken, I think, twice in the first at like the end of it because I could pair him back up with Stefan Diggs. Um, and then mm-hmm. when I say that, you really got to get different because that's going to be very popular. So when you see that, it's, yeah. So, well, yeah, I think that's the easy way to differentiate is if you're going to take Josh Allen, maybe you X Diggs out of your player pool and you yes. attack yep. Gabe Davis, you attack Dawson Knox. Exactly. And that's the way you play Josh Allen. And, and it's, that's how I would do it. Even naked Josh Allen, it, it could be the answer because what if what if two of those touchdowns doesn't go to, what is it, Reggie Gilman? What was his yeah. name? Whatever, yeah. yeah. What if that doesn't go to him and Josh Allen runs it? And then he gets another, like, so Josh Allen's is going to get his on the ground. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it that's, those quarterbacks we all know are very viable to play naked. And it's like, you don't have to force the stack. And I think one thing that kind of put me in my place was I know it was really the only game that went bonkers, but we were kind of like, can you really double stack? And especially like, like no one, it's just like, you could get that double stack so free. And it's like, I never even once thought of double stacking Tua, Waddle Mm -hmm. and Hill together. And it's like, could, could they put up their price in this, in this large contest with all these entrants, like, you know, the, the thing was like basically you're capping your ceiling. If one go well, that proves that it, it the double stacks can get there if they're if they're done right. And that's basically if Tua throws six touchdowns. <laughs> so yeah, it but it, that's the not, way it has to be, right? Like you have to have the, the nuts bonkers it was, situation. Yeah, I will I will read it. And it was basically if you didn't have Nick Chubb, and I think that was the way in DFS, if you didn't have Nick Chubb, you were basically dead. Right. Um yeah, the lineup that that won the 50k was pretty. Yeah, it was. Um, so actually, it wasn't even. Um, that's funny. It wasn't even the Lamar or the the Tua. Um, it was Lamar with mm-hmm. Nick Chubb because he put up 30, and there was no running back close. And then Cooper Cup, Jalen Waddle, Amon Ra, and and Andrews. Um, so that's actually funny. I thought the Tua lineup was pretty close. So the last thing I want to ask is, before yeah. we. There are two last questions. The last thing I want to ask you about the Battle Royal. What is your general take on attacking the flex spot? I know you can still say Slate Pacific if you want to. No, for me, it's I've I've always been saying it. Mm -hmm. Um, Our boy Nez, if you're here, I I doubt you're still here. You're doing stuff. But he was always running back and half point PPR, running back. Mm -hmm. and And I'm just like, why? Like, why? Like, we know what these wide receivers can do. Why not do what this, what everyone did last week and just hope to get these guys that put up? Like, you, Nick Chubb had to run specifically good on those touchdowns, which he did, and he did not go down, which I won't go into that, but like, he had to run so good to put up those points and get those touchdowns. Yep. And that's what he did. 
So it's just like, for me, like, like Leonard Fournette was free. So that was one thing that we were talking about. And I was always just going like single Lenny. It didn't work, but in theory, he got the 24 carries and everything he wanted. I I like to attack it with wide receiver. I do. I I think Mm -hmm. that's, it could be slate or slate specific, especially with the running backs that you get late. Like if you're sitting there with uh, DeAndre Swift or something or Dalvin Cook and you already have a running back, sure, why not? Like those are the two. But it's like I'm not going to specifically force it. I I like to go the three wide receiver builds. I just think and, those guys will just give you those crazy ceiling games. And one thing I did notice over week two, and it might have just been a week two thing. But these offenses are on first and goal from the one or two yard line. They're ripping it on first down now. It's not it's not what it used to be where, you know, first and goal, we're going to run the ball and see if we can just punch it in. They are. I saw the Rams do it. I saw a couple other teams doing it consistently. I was losing my mind over it uh, because they was always on a team that I had the running back. But, you know, like that. That is something that is becoming more and more frequent in the NFL. Yeah, unless you're the Bears and you run shotgun um, from the goal line, then I mean, how often are they getting to the goal line? Is the other question. (laughs) It's true, but I I don't know. Yeah, Sunday night football is hilarious to run shotgun from the goal line. Unreal. All right, so we are about to get out of here. Let me ask you. We've already kind of touched on it. Do you have any other takeaways going into next year that? you're thinking about for it could be for football or baseball or whatever um before you start drafting teams again for football it's it's i don't know it, i I'm, I'm probably gonna be team wide out again like i think with the incoming draft class i don't know if you pay attention but this draft class coming is going to be better than recent years by a long shot um mm-hmm. the quarterbacks there the, the skill positions um even the running backs i mean they're the um is beyond Robin beyond I forget how you pronounce his first name. I'm not totally into it. I just literally go by what I see and read on these sheets, Bjorn but from Texas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a beast. So, and they're talking about him legitimately having first round talent, which you just don't do on a running back nowadays. So right. I think that will play into like, it'll improve these offenses. We won't like, will Justin Fields still have a job? Daniel Jones probably won't have that job anymore. Like these offenses with no. these skill positions will improve. So we just got to be cognizant. We got to know like, like basically we're going to be taking the the Trey Lance approach with these quarterbacks going so early because we're just going to be so hype on them. It's going to rejuvenate offenses. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I take the same approach. Um, You said for other sports, I will just plug this. We do do, we have done done some pennant streams for all my baseball fans out there. If you, if anyone's there, we've done uh, pennant, which could have a pun potentially a quite a bit of overlay. It's only 12% full 1,300 entrants out of 11,000. Um, and it locks in um, about two weeks. So uh, it's, uh, I'm pretty sure it's October 8th or gotcha. October 7th. So um, for that, we put out, I'm putting out a bunch of content. I'm going to be uh, two, I should have two articles out for team breakdowns tomorrow, um, more streams. So for that, um, just check that out. If anyone's interested, it's going to, you have a lot of overlay. So um, our last stream, I will say we had a, um, a Discord member, uh, Chris, uh, baseball on, on, on Discord and on Twitter, and was probably the most eye-opening uh, stream that I've watched and also hosted for my first time. Um, that man explained things that I was not even considering. And I think the casual, like you, if you didn't know nothing about baseball, you could go watch that, put it on half one and a half speed, 
and you will learn quite a bit and know how to attack these drafts. Um, so yeah, which is really important. It's those streams and those, and that content is super important. Eric and myself, like a month before the season started, we did a stream where we were like, let's peel back and let's just start from basics and yeah, just rebuild one of the on best how... streams. Yep. And, and I think that, you know, we'll probably do that every year just because I think you need to ground yourself sometimes and you need to remember that not everybody has been doing best ball for two years, three years, and people are looking for in like how to play this game. Right. Like I, I always go back to poker because I've, I've taught poker in the past and stuff. And it's like understanding your peer and who, what they're looking for. If this player is new, I'm not going to go in and start talking about advanced strategies when I need them to learn how to look at the game from, a level one perspective, and then they can build on level one. It's like, exactly. yeah, here's what I want you to do. Now, I might tell you to stop doing this in five months when we've, you know, gone through, but this is the way you need to be looking at the game right now. And then you can build upon that and branch off and figure out what you want to do on your own. So that stuff is super important. I want to piggyback off of the round one stuff one more time. I think next year especially if things continue the way they're going this year. The first round of drafts might be the first year that we have more wide receivers drafted than running backs. Yeah. Yeah. And I I did not jump in right away on that basketball because I put all of my underdog money into uh, baseball. So mm -hmm. uh, when that dropped, um, I was just totally unprepared. And I, the first, the ADP shift, when it did that, I mean, Everyone knows the teams that they were getting. Yeah, I didn't get any of that. So that's something I want to capitalize on more. I know we don't know how those work. But, yeah, I think to piggyback on your point that you just piggybacked on, I think that's literally going to be exactly like 100%. Like it, you're, we're going to go in there and we're going to be like, okay, we're going to get these nice teams. And all of a sudden it's just going to be piss boys throughout the entire draft. And we're just going to be like, oh, we're drafting against the hardos that want to implement the same strategy that we are. And now it's – now we have to adapt. So now how do we adapt? Exactly. That's going to be the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought this was a pretty fun stream. I really enjoyed doing this with you, Numi. I'm glad we finally got together to do one. Yeah, um, I know great. you plugged some of your streams. Anything else real quick before we get out of here? Nah, uh, I'll just plug it again. That last pennant stream. Um, if you're just, if you don't know anything about baseball, you don't care, but there's potentially EV. I mean, have a little sweat while the playoffs are going. Um, these drafts are super, uh, like they're the, the environment in there should be super friendly. You're getting badges. We normally want to build our stacks. So people aren't going to come out there and, and take your stacks. People aren't going to come out there and, and, and that, you know, and ruin your, your team like that. So yeah, watch that stream gets, get, come get the EV. Um, it's looking like there's going to be quite a bit. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. All right. And next week, I believe Eric, if he's done being a coward and yeah, we'll be back to take his medicine on Kyle Pitts. Unless Kyle Pitts does something. So what's going to happen is Kyle Pitts is going to go off this weekend. I hope. And, and then, well, I kind of do too. Yeah. But, <laughs> but then I can't, then I can't rag Eric on Tuesday. And that's when he's going to be like, oh, I'm back. What did I miss? And it's going to be like, all right, you mother. Well, all right. Anyways, guys, that's, that's going to be a great grin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then, and then I bring up the Trey Lance exposure. And then, yeah. and then all of a sudden it's just Eric on the stream. Yeah. <laughs> 
I have the power now too, though. That's the problem. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Then, I, just, then it's a fight. It's a struggle coming <laughs> back for like a be, minute. It's going to be a struggle. <laughs> Anyways, that's going to do it for us this week on the Spike Week Football Show. We will catch you on another stream, I'm sure, tomorrow night with Eric or somebody. Peace. We'll be right back.